Wake up, America, before it's too late. The Steve Day Show. And greetings. Happy Thursday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show here live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. My name is Steve Dace. His name is Todd Erzin. It was exactly 200 days ago that uh, I was in a hospital in upstate New York unsure if I was ever getting out and ended up having one of the most important experiences and moments of my life at one of my lowest points in my life. One of the, one of the few times since I left home and that environment, I have felt truly defeated, true despair. And it was at that moment that I absolutely believe the Lord came to me and gave me hope in a very direct, intimate way. And one of the things that he said to me that evening that I will never forget, which I audibly heard, and I know some of you who have similar theological inclinations as I do are wincing when I say that, but I I can only, and I would probably be doing the same if it was me on the other end of this conversation, but I, I can only testify to what I experienced and witnessed. And, and I was told I need apostles and not assassins for the last 200 days. I have prayed every one of them that I would be an apostle and not an assassin before every one of these shows, before everywhere I have spoken across the country. I will tell you this morning, it looks like we're getting kind of right now this week, our last bit of really nice weather probably before reality sets in here in the Midwest. And I got out this morning for a real long walk not sure how many times I'll be able to do that between now and say the middle or end of March. And uh, trying to renew my commitment to that challenge because what we're going to talk about for the next few minutes is going to be the hardest for me to live up to that than anything else we've talked about in the last 200 days. I am out of place. Just gonna, I'm just going to speak personally now. It's, it's, it's not my place to play. I, I have never met Candace Owens, never met her in my life. I've had one or two Twitter exchanges with her that were amicable, don't know her at all. In fact, nobody that I am really good friends with knows her at all uh, or is really close to her. In another lifetime, I did know Ben Shapiro, at least a little. You'll notice several of my books he endorsed. And then once we got to COVID, we stopped having Ben Shapiro endorsements. And I have an immense amount of respect for Ben's intellect. I have said on my show in previous iterations, Ben is one of the few people in this business whose intellect I respect, whose ability to process, I think, frankly, rivals my own. And therefore, I do my homework before he comes on. 
because I know he can keep up, if not surpass. Um, <clears throat> there were several times during COVID I was extremely frustrated with Ben and his content. Without ever mentioning his name, you could probably pick up some of that, at least indirectly. And, and these, are, these are two of the biggest names in terms of podcast and platform on the right right now, these two. Uh, ben has the number one podcast on the right in America, and Candace isn't very far behind. They work for the exact same platform, which seemed to me that would be an excellent place for the two of them to congregate and hash, things, hash these things out and have a conversation. No. You'd think. Yeah, you'd think. I mean, the, the, the kind of passive-aggressive swipe at her that he took on one end and then her claiming to play the victim. Well, I, you know, I, I don't want to... You know, I, wouldn't, I would never do this to somebody, what he did to me, while you're doing that exact same thing. I am, I, I don't have a side. I, I don't know what side I am on. I'm out of place, frankly, in much of this. There's two reasons I've stayed in Iowa, or three reasons I've stayed in Iowa. One, my family doesn't want to go. That's the biggest one. Number two, our governor is fantastic, and I learned traveling the country during COVID, including to Texas many times, we were living freer than they were. But number three, where, where would I go? Where do you, where, I don't know. Where do I fit in? I, I don't know where I fit in. And I think this movement knows this, which is why I'm not invited to like any of its main functions. I don't fit in anywhere. Where, 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 where is the movement for the savages who did this to the Israelis have, have done this to Jew and Gentile alike, including us, will do this to Jew and Gentile alike. And and would do this with every opportunity to Jew and Gentile alike. Where, where's the movement for that? And and we're America first, so we don't leave American hostages behind, and we don't avenge the deaths of Americans at the hands of evildoers. But then we actually look at medical data. We don't just revert back to my wife's a doctor. When my audience is begging me, follow the please, Ben, follow this data, please, and just ignore them for two years. Talk down to him, frankly. And, and, and I'm wrong on Ukraine. Where's the movement for we're just going to follow the truth? Because while my ideological sympathies, well, not in the current I have no idea. I don't know what the Tucker Carlson, Candace, Candace Owens argument is on Israel. I don't understand it. I mean, I, I don't. I don't. No one's clamoring to send American troops to Israel. I, I mean, I frankly think the Israelis would be better off if we didn't give them funding so they just do this on their own. I don't know what their argument is. I've tried to look at it. And trust me when I tell you, I am as responsible as anybody that on, on planet Earth for why Tucker Carlson was invited to come and headline events in my home state for the last two summers, including this last one, which gave him his first national platform since Fox bailed on him. I'm as responsible for that as anybody is.
Bob won't tell you, so I will. There was great division within Bob's organization about bringing Tucker in to helm that event. Well, he's not going to talk about our traditional issues. He's too controversial. I went to the mattresses. I went to the mattresses with Bob who wanted to do it but could not get a lot of support from a lot of other people about doing it. I went to the mattresses encouraging him to do that. I mean, I I use my own political capital here to bring him to our state once as a headline speaker and another to headline an event that then the network that carries me carried it for him. I mean, I, I, I have been an unabashed Tucker Carlson fanboy. I have no idea what his moral argument is. It makes no sense to me at all. I, I, I don't know what is America first about leave Americans behind to savages. I don't understand. I don't. I don't know what is America first about we're not going to avenge the deaths of people, our own people. I, I just don't know what that is. I, I've, I've got people tweeting me today. I want evidence they have hostages. Well, one of the reasons it's tough to talk to them right now is they're hostages. But... Um, we had a governor in Florida that just delivered 700 of them from uh, the, from the nation of Israel who were trapped there. I mean, wh- why do I think if the same people, wh- do you need their charred remains? Do you need to knock on the family's doors? What do you need? What, what, what will do it for you to convince you that animals are animals? What would do it? I, I don't understand any of these arguments. But... Set the current morass of Israel aside, which I just completely disagree with them on. I would line up with Tucker and Candace on a lot of the other issues over Ben Shapiro. On this show, who we agreed with probably more in terms of where they claim to state that they are at on the issues in the last three to five years. Tucker and Candace or Ben Shapiro? Certainly Tucker, and I think Candace at the very least is a tie. So then explain to me why... We care so much about those issues that we're going to never hold accountable the people who defy us on these issues. So Tucker Carlson thinks the, pat, the, the, the jab is one of the three most important issues of, of the time. Um, um, 300 million people watched for at least 20 seconds him, quote unquote, interview Donald Trump this summer. How many time, How many minutes? How many of those minutes when they, that they watch would they have heard Tucker Carlson ask Donald Trump about it one time? In a montage with a lot of damning things, that was the most damning thing. You're sitting across from the author of this, and you don't even. And it, you think it's one of the most important issues of the time, and you don't ask the guy who who's responsible more than anyone else for it. Just ask him; he'll tell you. At least Candace asked him, and he said, "Yeah, I'm responsible. I, I'm proud of it. I'm never letting it go. I saved all these lives that we killed instead." What? No, I don't think any of these people have like any credibility right with me. I just don't. I, I'm, I'm just not interested in joining a, a movement that takes the former FDA commissioner, who's a complete big pharma hack, and shoves him down the throat of my audience while my audience is begging me, sending me emails, hey, Ben. Um, my, I've got an irregular heartbeat. Hey, Ben, um, you know, my, my uncle died suddenly. Just ignoring him. Just ignore your audience for two damn years, and then not until they finally do a coveted study with academic superiors. Then, then we finally admit, well, maybe my audience was right, and I'll come clean about it now. I'm just not interested in that. I'm also not interested in 
Um, Christ is king while I bear false witness. Christ is king while I gaslight. Christ is king while I, uh, while I practice cognitive dissonance. Not interested in that. Not interested in this jab is terrible and one of the great issues of our time. But I, I couldn't possibly be moved to one time question the guy who will tell you every time you ask him, I'm, my hand is on the, my prints are on the murder weapon. He'll tell you if you ask every time. There's not a, give Trump credit, there's not, he, he has not backtracked one time. He's been asked about this at least three times on the ground in Iowa. He's owned it every time. He's been very Shapiro, in fact. Screw you. I'm not listening to my base. I'm going to listen to what I want to listen to instead. You know why? Because to me, a lot of these people are really all alike. I'm edgy. I'm, I'm a dissenter. We, we've got to boycott the NFL. Boycott the NFL. Oh, wait. UFC bringing in uh, Bud Light? It's all good because, they, because Dana White likes Trump. I'm just, no. No. I, I just, I don't know. I don't think I belong anywhere. I don't have a rooting interest for any of these sides. None. And, I'll, and, 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 and let me tell you something I have shared with very few people. My small group, Todd Aaron, my wife, I'll tell you. My heart wants to just completely eject from all of this. I mean, I, I don't want anything to do with Trump, any of the people around him, any of this. I find it all just beyond disgusting, frankly. But my head says, one of your employees makes a real good living and can't afford to move. We just had to go and replace my son's car because it got totaled. And the interest rate, <laughs> I have the best credit rating I've ever had in my life. The interest rate was over 14% on a 2015 vehicle. We can't live like this anymore. We can't afford groceries. So these people have to win. If it's going to be them, they've got to win. We, and, and, and I have to set my personal feelings aside because on a personal level, I don't trust like almost any of these people. I think, I think almost all of this is some form of a grift. Just flat out, I'll tell you that right to your face. And I'll tell them that to their faces. I think because it doesn't make any sense. What other reason would you possibly have for the jab is the most is one of those important issues of our time. And I was against the jab, Candace says, when Shapiro was selling it. But... Let me go out there and open my spleen defending the guy who's responsible for said issue and, and, and acting as if he's not responsible for it at the exact same time. Never questioning him for it. Never holding him accountable. I don't want anything to do with that. I, I just don't. No interest. None. I got gaslit enough, man, growing up. I cannot stand it. My kids will tell you. Want to see... Angry dad, two things to do. Mistreat mama, lie to dad. I cannot stand it. I don't think almost any of this has any credibility at all, anywhere. I have no rooting interest. None. I don't care. 
I, I have no sympathy for a guy I think might be the greatest intellect our movement has produced in my lifetime. And he chose, when we needed his intellect the most, he chose to punt and side with Scott What's-His-Nuts, big Pfizer exec, and my wife's a doctor instead. When we could have used that brain power to push back on all of this, he punted instead. No, I don't have, I really don't have any sympathy, even though I agree with him on the Israel thing. I know I have no sympathy for, I'm just a victim. I, I, I mean, I've only got, I've only got millions of podcast downloads and I could have created the most listened to podcast of all time by just inviting Ben on my show to hash this out in person. But let me get all dolled up and go with Tucker and play, get the bleep out of here with all, what a, what a just BS show, the whole damn thing. It would be more, it would be more credible if this was all just being done because in your contract, you need the Daily Wire to fire you so you can go into business with Tucker and Don Jr. and on Twitter and do your own thing. That would be the most honest thing if that's what this was really all about. I'm not interested in any of it. I think the whole damn thing's fake. The grift is on and I don't care and I have no rooting interest at all. What I do find tragically fascinating, though, and if you want to know why we're going to lose this country and probably, and it's more than likely we already have. Of all the things on the right for permanent fissures to open up about. For schisms to occur about. We chose, let's do it over absolute savages. Murdering maybe our most trusted ally who previously did the same thing to us. To us! And would let it be known, they do it all over again. And in fact, they did do it to us because what they did to American citizens over there on October 7th is the fifth deadliest terrorist attack in American history. This was the, this is the, this is the thing! It's not, it's not COVID lockdowns and the greatest wealth transference of all time. It's not repealing Obamacare and violating five years of campaign promises. No, it's not a rock. The dumbest, stupidest foreign policy decision and failure in American history. Nope, nope, that's not it. It's this. We have lost so much. We have so little moral clarity that a hanging freaking curveball over the plate. We have decided to tear each other asunder over that. And outside of our cabal and our followers and our listeners, walk the suburbs and exurbs of America. Count the Trump signs. You won't count any of them almost anywhere. They don't care. They want away from this. They're tired of the whole gambit. And we're going to lose again because we're just, it seems, bound and determined not to listen to the voters, but listen to ourselves. And in fact, now we won't even do that. Now we've got two multimillionaires working for the same platform that couldn't just bother to say, why don't we just do a show together and hash this out? Oh, no, no. Instead, let's cause, let's, let's just, I, the whole thing. I conscientiously object. That's my response. I'm on nobody's side. And I'm not sure anybody wants me on their side anyway. Back here on the Steve Day Show. He is a multiple New York Times bestselling author. His latest, The Josiah Manifesto, 
The author, Jonathan Kahn, joins us now. Jonathan, it's a pleasure to have you back with us here on The Blaze, brother. How are you? Great to be with you. Always, always great, Steve. And I have to just throw something in. Uh, on one of our family Saturday nights, uh, movie night, we watched Nefarious, and oh. it was wonderful. Tremendous. Oh. Tremendous. Well, I, wanted to, I was waiting to tell you for months. It's wonderful. Oh, well, thank you, brother. I really appreciate that. Very kind. You know, we just signed the final paperwork to begin uh, production on the sequel, in fact. Oh, so great. work on that uh, begins uh, as we uh, speak. So we're all very excited. So thank you. Great. So what's happening right now in Israel? Well, uh, <laughs> uh, war is happening, of course. And, it's, uh, and the, the fascinating thing here, uh, Steve, is that, well, the Josiah Manifesto came out in September. Um, and it was 30 days later this thing happened. Um, and one of the mysteries in this book, it's called The 50-Year Mystery, actually foretells that in October, there would be an attack on Israel. It would be a ground invasion. It would catch Israel by surprise. It would take place on a Saturday or a Sabbath. Um, it would take place during a Hebrew holy day. Um, and it would um, it would be the th actually the, the set, the first Saturday or the first Sabbath in October. That's all there. Actually, I was speaking about this 50-year mystery um, the night before this thing happened. I'm sharing about it, and then it happened. Um, so, you know, there's nothing out of God's way. You know, if you look 50 years ago, it's Yom, the Yom Kippur War, and this thing follows the same pattern of it. Um, but this is, you know, it is a war, you know, it is an ancient war that we're in. Um, it is a 4,000 year old war and it's the ultimately spiritual, you know, this war to uh, attack Israel or the Jewish people has been going on uh, from ancient times. We're just in one little part of it, but it's not only what happened in Israel, it's look at what's happened around the world where people have been shocked. Jewish people have been shocked. And, uh, secular people have been shocked on people cheering for the massacre of Jewish people, you know, but it's not a new story. It's old. You know, so speak about what we said at the beginning. Um, you're very much aware of the enemy, uh, but this is spiritual. Ultimately, it's evil. It's demonic. To what end? What is its end game? The end game. The end game is the destruction of Israel. The end game is the destruction of every Jewish person. Whether you look at, you know, it's the same thing. You know, the, the names change, the reasons change, but it's always the same. Whether it's Hitler, whether it's Hamas, whether it's, uh, you know, any of the many uh, uh, people who have sought to destroy Israel, it's just, it's, it's spiritual. It's to destroy every Jewish person from the face of the earth because uh, God placed the Jewish people in the world for His purposes, and if you, you know, if you can destroy them, you destroy his purposes. If you destroy Israel, well, then Jesus isn't coming. So, but we know Jesus is coming, and there, nothing's going to stop it. So, it's so it so much proves the Bible, the reality of God, the reality of His Word, of prophecy, and the reality of the enemy. When you look at public policy in Israel, they have done everything. I, I, I don't know what else they could possibly do. They, they gave the so-called Palestinian people an autonomous state back in 2006. They're in Gaza, right in the heart of their own habitat, uh, allowed them to hold elections where they were just openly electing uh, Hamas leadership uh, to prominent positions of power within their autonomous region. And, um, and in fact, at the time that this went on, Netanyahu was actually thinking he was actually negotiating some form of peace accord with those people right before as the time that this attack took place. What, what other concession, because we, we, there, there's still the claim this is an occupied land, Jonathan. So they, yeah. they, they gave them an autonomous state within their own land, 
and and were invaded. Uh, you know that that was the thank you for it. No good deed goes unpunished. So uh-huh. what 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 could they do differently? Could they give? What is the what is the ask yeah, yeah, here? Well, I don't understand. Yeah, they they can lay down their their everything and give up Israel. That's the only thing they can do. That's going to satisfy section uh, people like Hamas because Hamas does not want peace. It does not want even. It's not even the land. It wants the destruction of Israel. Um, And and you know they. It's actually what you said is absolutely right. They offered many times. You know they even offered Jerusalem in some form. They even offered uh, the the Temple Mount in some form. But it's not going to happen. You know. You know, Steve. You know the. There's a word in Hebrew that actually also has a meaning in Arabic. It's Hebrew and Arabic. And in Arabic, it means fervor and zeal, um, you know, like Islamic fanaticism. In Hebrew, it means evil, just death and destruction. And the word is Hamas. And Hamas is in the Bible. And in the Bible, in, in the original Hebrew, you won't see it in English, but in the original Bible, in the, he, it says for things like Hamas has risen up in the land as a rod of wickedness. There's, there is blood all over, the, all over the land because basically linked to Hamas. There's actually a scripture in Ezekiel that says leaders of Israel rid Hamas from the land. And then there's a prophecy of the days of Messiah coming, and it says that in that day, Hamas shall no longer be heard in your land. Hamas literally in Hebrew means violence, destruction, and death. How do you negotiate with that? What do you say to people? There's not an insignificant portion of American Christians who, who believe this, and including people that have, are very respected Christian leaders, that this is not a prophetic Israel. If you look at how secular the country is, the country has even has higher abortion rates than we do, has, is, is more accepting of what I like, what I have coined the rainbow jihad than even we are. Um, Naftali Bennett was actually the very first religiously observant Jew ever elected prime minister uh, since the formation of the modern state of Israel, that we can debate whether it's geopolitical strategic importance as an ally, but prophetically, this is not a, the, this is not a prophetic state of Israel. What do you say okay, to those people? One, one is God is in charge of that land, not not anyone else. So if something's going to happen in that land, it's not going to happen without God. Number one. Number two, God said, "I will gather you back. I will. You'll be scattered to the ends of the world. You'll be gathered back." And so, listen, the the Israel that was back then in in you know in ancient times was not perfect either. Was not a you know was had filled with filled with all sorts of motives and secular things and political things going on. It was still Israel. I mean, much of Israel Israel's history in the Bible, it was not a perfect nation by any means. It was in many ways secular or even pagan when it went away from God. That, that has nothing to do with anything. God is in charge. God said, I'm going to scatter you to the ends of the earth, and in the end times, I'm going to bring you back to the land. And in fact, the other thing is that we know that Israel is going to come back before it comes back to God. Because, you know, it's it's Jesus said that he's not coming back until you, Jewish people, in Jerusalem say, Baruch Hashem blessed is he who comes so they're coming back without yet being reconciled to god that is part of the whole point the the lord cannot come without that so you can't have you can't you know it's not up to us to say whether well this is a theological israel this is israel and god there's no way they could be back unless god allowed them and brought them back just like he said he would and the thing is that if it says he who scattered israel will gather israel well he scattered israel so if israel's gathered it's the same guy so your position is the covenant isn't based on the faithfulness of Israel. 
but God's covenants are based on the faithfulness of God. That's basically, so if you're judging a, the, 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 the integrity of a covenant based on human, uh, the, 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 the human level of integrity, that's actually not the way to judge it, but God's God's well, covenant. God yeah. makes covenants basically with Himself. He's responsible for keeping them. Yeah, yeah, and he, and listen, it's an amazing thing because when you look at the history of Israel, the Jewish people, when they've been scattered to the nations and they've been persecuted, that's part of the covenant. You know, that that's part of what God said. If you break the covenant, so listen, He said, that, you know, regardless of you know, if you look at much of history of Israel, they're not right with God a lot of times. You know, and yet it's still Israel. It doesn't change. He made a covenant with Abraham. You know, there are there are responsibilities to covenant. Uh, there are repercussions, but the faithfulness, as you said it, there's a word in Hebrew, chesed, means the faithfulness, the faithful love of God. That doesn't change. He said, he said in Jeremiah, as long as the sun is in the, you know, in the heavens, as long as the stars are there, so the, the nation of Israel will not depart from me. I'm going to sustain them and, and I will bring them back. Listen, if God says, I'm going to do this, and then you see it done, it's not up to us to decide whether we like it or not. It's just God said it, he did it, and here they are final thing what happens next well, Israel's going to survive because God said it would. Um, and, you know, Hamas will, you know, I mean, they'll, oh, listen, they, they, well, they're not going to be able to wipe out evil. They're not going to be able to wipe out the hatred against them. In fact, in many ways, it has caused the world to all the more hate them. But you know what? That's the Bible says in the last days, Israel will come back. The nations of the world will all come against Israel. Well, you can see it being set up. There's a lot of things that what just happened that that are in, in line of, of end time prophecy in, in setting it up. Well, Israel is going to continue as it always has, and they will be hated, and, and the enemy will try to wipe them out until the end of the age, until Messiah, listen, one of the things about Messiah is that he comes because Israel is going to need him. It says he will come in a day in Zechariah when all nations come against Israel, then he will come. So listen, the, 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 the situation is not going to be solved ultimately, but Israel is not going to, is not going anywhere as long as God is not going anywhere. I lied. One more question. Good. No, 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 no man knows the that knows the hour. All right. Do do you believe? Let me phrase it this way. Do you believe that that it's the highest likelihood than ever before we are living in the last days? Not not. I mean, I should say the last last days. Right. We've been. It's been declared the last days since Christ's ascension. I mean, the right. last last right. days. Right, right. Well, you know what? You know what, Steve? I was an atheist originally. The, what what led me to believe was the end was end time prophecy. I couldn't argue with it. Um, yeah, without any question, you know, one the the key signs. One is clearly is that when you see the Jewish people come back to the land, it, and then Jerusalem, and and then the world focus on them again. This is all prophecy. I mean, you know, that's that's the end. That's all part of the end days. The second thing is that it says there'll be a great apostasy falling away. Well, we're watching this every day. So you got what's happening in Israel, but then as believers, we have our own war. We're being warred against too. If Israel's being warred against, we are as well. So the great apostasy is another one. So yeah, every, as time, every moment that goes forward, we are all the more close. We're in the last of the last days and we are closer to that time. We don't say we know the day of the hour, but we know the season. We, we, know, we know if Israel's back in the land, someone else is coming back in the land. Great stuff, Jonathan. Always good to see you. Check out his new book, bestseller again, The Josiah Manifesto, The Ancient Mystery and Guide for the End Times. Always good to see you, brother. And thank you very much for the kind thank words you. about the movie. Appreciate oh, it. Amen. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Jonathan. Ah. 